What's up, family? It's Josh, the Old Searching Podcast, checking in for another quarantine episode. Man, I, I can't stop thinking about you guys, man. I know it's tough times right now. And um, just hoping everybody's good, man. Reach out, please. If you guys need some support, some help, reach out. I'm trying to keep ourselves sane in these uh, tough times. But definitely stay home and uh, let's stop this. Uh, let's try to lower this uh, the spread of this virus. But thank you guys for um, listening today. A uh, very important intro to this show. I have a good friend, um, Shelly, who is a registered nurse in the psychiatric unit at Northridge Hospital. And we actually recorded this episode um in early January and we were going to release it when we had uh, a date and time to offer a support group for those who are struggling with uh, mental health issues such as anxiety and depression and things like that, suicidal ideations and things of that nature. Um, And we just haven't been able to obviously for obvious reasons to pinpoint and, and lock in a date. But now we decided we're going to do online meetings since we're all doing online uh, meetings, schoolings and whatnot on Zoom. So we're going to do the same thing. So we are going to start our very first community group and we're calling it Oasis. And um, it's going to be Thursday, April 2nd at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's um, for those who would like to just log on. And if you feel so inclined, want to share some of your stories or or your struggles that you're going through right now, I know everybody's anxiety is is super high right now and and depression and stuff like that. It's all going up because of what's happening with the uh, COVID-19 virus or disease. And um, so we want to offer some help. So we're going to be meeting on Thursdays at 8 p.m. on Zoom. Um, So the link will be in the show notes. So log in if you'd like to jump in and just uh, we're just here to offer support, um, love, not necessarily offer you any answers. I mean, we could definitely um, recommend things that have helped us, but we're just there to listen. We're there to love and support you and with no judgment whatsoever. So if you want to say whatever you want, feel free to do so in that support group. So. That's going to be on Zoom. So we're starting this Thursday and it'll be weekly. So um, tune into that. Really excited to get that going and hopefully offer some help for my friends out there. Um, Yes. So make sure you guys subscribe to this podcast, please. We need uh, your your help, your support in subscribing. It it really helps, especially on Apple. Um, Subscribe give us a rating on there um on our anchor page you can go to anchor.fm slash still searching or is it still searching podcast one or the other um you can link you can go to that website and um it has links to every streaming platform that's out there so um you can get that uh 
that link and you can also support us there. So um, with that being said, um, we want to jump into this episode with my friend Shelly. She's really shy and it was kind of, it's really my story. I'm really doing most of the talking in this episode, but um, I wanted her to come on just to kind of talk about life as an RN nurse in the psych unit. But I opened up about my own depression and and Priscilla's uh, anxiety and what we went through dealing with that. So I hope it's helpful for you guys. Um, And yes, enjoy this episode on uh, Mental Health Talk with Shelly. There's a time for living. The time keeps on. We're live, by the way. Can you guess? You have any clue who this is? Stop looking. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Does this sound kind of cool? It's all right. All right. I kind of, kind of, kind of dig it. That's young Charlie Charles Manson. <laughs> I, I discovered Charles Manson made music with a crazy friend of mine. We used to play like just weird music at work. Wow. And we found out Charles Manson was like a musician. And then I found this podcast years later about um, young Charlie how he was like connected with the um, Beach Boys and like he was trying to get into the music business. And what happened? And he <laughs> went crazy. <laughs> so that's why I have you here today. So I have a very special guest in um, the Trap House. This is the Trap House. This is where we do all our trapping. <laughs> Shelly's so nervous. I have a very special guest. I have Shelly in the house as a good friend of mine. And, um, Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Glad to be here. Awesome. She's like, oh my God, I, I have so much to say, but I'm so nervous and I freeze up. <laughs> so it's okay. Well, you know, a lot of people don't realize how important our experiences and our stories are. And that's what this podcast is all about is getting them out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Shelly, welcome. Thank you. I've known you for a while. Probably we used to go. Years. Yeah, we used to go to the, the same church um, way back when. You still go there? No. No. Yeah. Me. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't talk about it myself. <laughs> but that's when I first met you and um, just a really nice person. Thank you. I remember um, your boys were just little, little guys. And now they're, geez, one of them's like a, an adult now. Right? 24, getting married next year. Oh, my God. How does that feel? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and he works at the studios. I remember when mm-hmm. he got in there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to get in there. Because I was I used to, I was trying to get in there at one point. I didn't know that. Yeah. it's And it's tough. It's all about who you know. Exactly. It's all about who you know. So, um, Shelly is a, well, I, she was, she's a single mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... I just had a bunch of women in here the other day and um, two of them are single mom. One of them has three girls. One of them has three boys and um, just, you know, just 
I, it's it's tough. It's hard for you guys. I mean, it's hard, period. Yeah. And then just being by, you know, by yourself and raising children. How did you do it? <laughs> well, I give it all to God. Yeah. It was basically, it was, it was really hard. I have three boys myself. And actually, when I met you, I was pregnant with my third boy. Mm. And I was kind of lost. So I ended up at the church. And, you know, single mom, pregnant at the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wow. And just God led me through it. I became a nurse and then right. just, I just kept going. <laughs> right. I had no choice but to keep going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember, did you have an El Camino you were selling I or something? I do. I still have it you in the backyard. <laughs> My dad sent me a picture of it because we had an El Camino. We had an 86. <laughs> that thing was so nice. And he was like, oh man, look at this El Camino. I think it was your picture. I should it's have still there it a long time ago. Now it's rusted <laughs> all. <laughs> hey, if anybody's looking for an El Camino, what year is it? 75, 76. 75, 76 SS. El Camino. Want to wanna, uh, fix her up? <laughs> a, a project to do? Holla Everybody at Everybody wants it when they see it. <laughs> you got to sell it, girl. I know. Get some cash <laughs> for that thing. Um, so uh, I reconnected with Shelly last year. It's weird saying last year. We're 2020, but... Um, I reconnected with Shelly because she is a, a nurse in the psychiatric unit mm -hmm. at Northridge hospital. And, um, we were going through like just craziness, by the way, if you, she hasn't listened to the podcast yet, but my cousin mentions Northridge hospital. And then I mentioned you, I'm like, I know somebody that works there, but this was years ago. And so let me tell you what happened. So he, he was in there, he uh, attempted suicide. Okay. And he um, had an encounter with a therapist there or somebody. I got to listen again to, to find out who it was, but he said, if you know, you got to do a better job next time mm -hmm. of trying to kill yourself. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, he, the guy was like, this guy is just a total douchebag, you know, and he just really resisted. And it just, he was saying that he extended his stay because he was resisting this one guy. Mm. And I was like, Oh my God, my friend works there, you know? So, um, so yeah, that was, that's some of the stuff we've been talking about, you know, just real stuff. And I reached out to you. I'm like, sure, let's come on, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what life is like in the psychiatric unit <laughs> at Northridge hospital. Um, so I reached out to Shelly because I, and I've been pretty open about where's my phone. Did I, I didn't bring it in here. There it is. Sorry. Um, you sent me a, a really good article and I'm going to read some of it in a little bit. Okay. I just also wanted to be clear that I've worked at two different units at least so that if I say something, cause Northridge is an amazing hospital, Yeah. but I've also worked at another one that's not so great. So I just want to make sure. Yeah. Clear it up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So all the crazy stuff happened at the other one, yeah. <laughs> not Northridge where yes. you're at now. No, Northridge really is really good. I've heard. Yes. Um, I've heard some really good things and my friend was just there. Actually his dad just died, but we were at Northridge hospital last or two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but so I, re so last year, last, um, I think July, August, no August. Um, when the kids were going back to school, Priscilla had just a breakdown an anxiety. It's like a full blown. I've never seen an anxiety attack like at this level. And, um, I didn't know what to do. I had no clue what to do. 
And so we're like, we're in between insurances. So I, I, you know, I have whatever the state run. Medi-Cal. Whatever. It, yeah. Medi-Cal. And however, like that system is just so weird and hard to navigate and broken. And um, I didn't know what to do. Like I was literally like afraid and it was so bad to the point where I'm like, okay, either I got to, and I think I, you, that's when you reached out. It's like, okay, either you need to take, call an ambulance if it's that bad and, or take her, take her in. And I ended up, you gave me a number. I think you did. And I called the number and then they told me the same thing. You're like, you're either going to have to take her in or we're going to come and get her. Yeah. So we did. Um, we went to all of you, which was just usually like, all you hear is just bad stuff about all of you. Right. But that's there's a separate unit um, specifically for mental health. Yeah, the emergency mental health unit. Yeah. And so we got in there and thank God we, were, we didn't wait that long. And she was outside and um, we were just waiting and there was some crazy, I mean, <laughs> now look, so I, I, I use this word all the time, crazy. It's not very nice. <laughs> it's, in my not, field. <laughs> it's not very nice. Is it a bad word? Because we use crazy and like, oh, no, that's crazy. Or, you know, we're watching football. Oh, that's a crazy play. Right. Um, but man, there was, there was like some legit. You see some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Some crazy people in there. Um. And then it's like, you start to think, what the heck am I doing here? You know, am, right. am I, do I, am I like that? Right. So, um, we were able to get in and we had, uh, we talked to like an emergency psychiatrist and, um, was able to help us. And you actually helped us, uh, even like naming like some medications that are, you know, being used and what seems to be helping in these situations. And you remember all that? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I was worried about you because I know the system is very broken. Yeah. And it's going to take a long time to navigate. Yeah. But you actually helped me as well when you let me know that they can give you the medication right away by going there. And I've used that to tell other people how to manipulate the system and get in faster. At least start there. Most people just go to the emergency room and feel that they've wasted their time. Yeah. Which they do in a way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Because we actually went to the emergency room yeah. first. We went. I, uh, it was... Uh, they, so what they do at the emergency room is they just give you like um, the type of drugs that are just instant relief, you know, like the Ativans, the um, the Xanaxes, that those types of drugs. And you're getting that from a regular doctor. From the doctor mm -hmm. at, at the ER. Um, and so in my own research of all this stuff, those those types of drugs are just like drinking a 12 pack. You know, it's like it'll just calm you down and they're very temporary. Temporary and they're addictive. And they're very addictive. People's like, oh, okay, yeah, they're addictive. We don't understand what that means. Priscilla, they prescribed her some and she was taking them every day because her anxiety was so high. But then it wasn't until, you know, it was time to see. We, they ran out and then, you know, the, the, the ER only gives you X amount right. to hold you over. Um, and then, and then when they run out, it's like even worse. <laughs> it's like your anxiety Probably, is, yeah. is back on and then even worse. And then you don't realize like, oh man, my body is like craving mm -hmm. this drug. And then that's, so that's when we went to the, um, the, all of you. Okay. So, um, so we, so we went there. So I guess I'm telling my story right now. No, that's all right. Yeah. Because you're still <laughs> warming up. <laughs> um, so we went, we, that's when we went back to, um, all of you. And then she 
got a psychiatrist, which is like, they're basically a bridge psychiatrist, like a temporary one. until yeah. you get in to see your regular one. And you actually found, I gave you a doctor's name that somebody had recommended to me. Actually, it was my friend Molly. Um, her sister sees this one in Santa Clarita and she gave me a name and I found the name and then you actually called for me um, to, yeah, to just to get me in, to set it up, um, yeah. which was really helpful because I just was so lost. Um, so, yeah. And then so we, we got connected. And so now she's on a, you know, she sees her therapist, okay. right, to, to, to work through therapy. And um, the big thing is like exposure therapy um, and where, you know, you invite, you essentially invite the anxiety or you take steps to that, you know, what's going to trigger you and you face it, you know, you do little steps. Okay. Today at two o'clock, you know, I'm going to drive, I'm going to go to the market, you know, and if I freak out, I know I'm going to be okay. It's just, it's just that natural thing kicking in, in your brain, you know, it's just like it, it, and the more research I've been doing is it's just, it's just all really, it's just natural stuff that your brain does it just take it to a whole nother level right? right so the anxiety is like okay flight or fight you know um and you just your brain is is, is sending these signals that okay there's danger here and it you know when you're in that danger mode that's when you get anxious and you know you're either going to fight or flight so the trick is is like okay i i recognize what's happening here I'm going to be fine. It's just the market, you know, and you have to power through it. So it's, that's, that's part of her therapy. And then, um, her, she has a really good psychiatrist too. So she, they, she is on medication now. And that's one thing I talked to you about is like, we resisted it for so long. Yeah. Like we didn't want to do medication because we just thought it's just all bad. Truth is, um, it can be, and it could be very helpful. Right. And, I think the trick is, is to really, it seems like it's just like, okay, let's try this, this, and this, see if this works. And it's really, to me, it seems like it's just, they're kind of guessing. They kind of are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On what might help you. Um, so that's where it is. Um, so setting, setting all that up. So you are, so tell me about how, so how long you were just, did you go become a nurse to get into that field? No, I didn't even know anything about it. It was just. I remember being in nursing school going, oh, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as I went into psych, I was like, all right, this is it. This so is you, what I think I want to do. You you kind of had a, you dug or you were digging the whole psych thing. Yeah. What, do you, do you, do you, why is that? Is I that... have no idea. I think that was at the time we were serving the homeless at the time too. Uh, and I was thinking, oh, I want to have a homeless unit and whatever. I just, I feel like if we can work on on people's mental health, you know? Yeah. Everybody else could have a better life, you know? Yeah. You know, my cousin said the same thing. He's like, cause he was in the social services and, uh, he was saying all the homelessness is mental health. Yeah. Well, I think it's mainly drugs, but yeah. And then mental health. And mental health. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're losing their minds off of it. You yeah, know? for sure. So man, so that, that, that just, I like what you said. So we were, cause I remember, that's right. We were serving at the, um, the air force or not the air force base, mm -hmm. the, um, national guard mm -hmm. base in somewhere. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So God was just kind of putting it in front of me. Like, you know, these are the issues that are going around right in our little circle, you know? And, mm -hmm. and it's like, how can I help? 
Did you come out with us when we were doing Help a Human at, uh-huh. at Handsome Dad? That's right. And I love that name, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's mine. I got to trademark that. I know that. you do because I want to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I had a website and everything when we were when we were really pushing that. Mm-hmm. We did that for like a year and a half, almost two years solid every Saturday. Yeah. And um, yeah, we used to feed the homeless and Shelly came out and we would, uh, you know, the whole thing was having meals together with our homeless brothers and sisters. And yeah, you're right. There was a lot of drug usage. Yeah. Um, crack, heroin, <laughs> you know, yep. and I became really good friends with a guy named Ray there. And, um, you know, he was really open about his struggles. Like, man, it's, you know, I am addicted to this thing and he wants to get free and everybody's story is just so different and, and interesting. And you know how they end up there. Yeah. I have a niece who's studying psych psychology, psychiatric, care or whatever in college right now and i asked her at christmas i'm like why why do you want to get into that i mean these it's people interesting, it, you know what it really is it really is like I, I found my i find myself really drawn to it now too i'm reading a book called un unf your brain um and it's so good i love it there's it. so many bad words in it but it makes the read so much so much easier um it's really good Definitely recommend it. Okay. Um, so you got in there and so, so, are, so was it, the, are you an RN or, yes, RN. okay. Cause I don't, I don't know the difference. I know there's different levels or something, right? Or, yeah, there's uh, a little more education. L- LVN is that? LVN is, um, it's about half the schooling. Mm. And then RN is a little bit more yeah. schooling. Yeah. Okay. So then you, um, after you finish schooling, you went into psych. The I psych, went straight into psych. Straight into and psych. Into one of the craziest psych units that's out there. <laughs> wow. So, what's life like in the psych unit as a as an RN nurse? It can be pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> At the facility before, I used to literally pray over myself before I went in the doors every day because you never know what can happen. I've been punched in the face. Oh my god! <laughs> Punch in the face. Punched in the face. <laughs> By a man or a woman? This was actually a woman who was a little paranoid and she was waiting outside the door and I didn't even see it come and clocked me right in the chin. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah. Crazy. You... <laughs> There's that word I tell you. I just It just comes out naturally. I know. I try not to Terrible. <laughs> so, man, punch, kicked, spit upon. Yeah, you see some crazy stuff. If I can only write a book about what you see yeah. <laughs> or, what, or make a movie. Yeah. Man, I bet. So, so what else? What happened? I mean, what's your daily, you know, well, routine? Now, now I'm actually at Northridge. It's pretty low key. There's a lot of depression, a lot of suicide. Um, and then my other job there is I actually do the 5150s where I assess whether they need to be hospitalized or not, whether mm. it's an imminent danger to themselves or to others. And that's usually where like the layman people will come in and that's where they really can get lost. You know, because their insurance isn't good enough or it's kind of a, it's a mess. The system is a mess. The overall just healthcare system. Yeah. Just broken. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I think people need to start making up groups and whatnot. I know we've talked about it so that we can all get together and talk over stuff and help each other manipulate the system so that we can get help for everybody that needs it. Mm. You know? Yeah. Or even, we talked about even forming like our own sort of support group right you know and i think a lot of it is is just people um 
being open to talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I think I expressed to you, like, I wanted to do something to where we provide a safe place where people can just be open about their experience with no judgment. Right. We're just there to listen and support. Um, and I think that's key because, I mean, really, that's all therapy is. You know, mm-hmm. when you go talk to a therapist is, you know, you're just letting it out. Right. And, and you know, without that judgment or somebody saying, you know, oh, why do you feel like that? Or, well, they do ask those types, but it's not like, you know, you shouldn't feel like that, you know, or. They don't understand. They don't. Yeah. Because the biggest thing that, one of the biggest things that when I talk to people that are going through it is um, people that don't understand right how they're feeling right and they're against the medication against everything and you just gotta let them know that (laughs) these things can work for you i was actually a nurse that didn't believe in any kind of medication until i went in the psychiatric unit and i see miracles on psych drugs yeah (laughs) right right so now i'm like take your meds take your meds meds now (laughs) but i wanted to be just clean and holistic and all that yeah yeah so that's how we went into all this too in the beginning Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, okay, that's all bad, you know, holistic, all this stuff. And I get it, you know, I totally get it. But now I'm more of a, I'm not so much of like this or that. It's like, okay, some of this, some of that, right? you know, incorporate it all mm-hmm. into, you know, your overall well-being and getting better. You'd be surprised at how many people have like master's degrees and whatnot and they completely lose their stuff, you know? And then when they get back on the medication, they're completely normal. They're able to get their master's and everything. Like wow. you just stay on the meds yeah, and get seek treatment before things get really bad. Cause a lot of times people wait so long that it's so much harder to get back to where to normal. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say would be like, like you said, like get treatment before, like what some of, some of those warning signs that, I need, you know, I'm starting to lose my grip on, you know, my own mental health. Like, what would you say? I guess just if you're starting to feel depressed, you're starting to feel kind of awkward. It just depends on what what you're experiencing. If you're hearing voices, if you're like feeling depression, if you're feeling mm-hmm. anxious, it's just seeking treatment right away. Yeah. Because the system makes you wait a couple months before you can start to see get a, treatment, almost, yeah. you know? Unless it's, yeah, but most people wait till the emergent situation mm. where they end up getting hospitalized and then they're stuck locked in the hospital. And Right. Yeah. So identify those initial warning signs ASAP, right? Yeah. So, so what are some of those signs? Like feeling just down overall, just sad, right? That's early signs of depression. Yeah, feeling like hurting yourself in any kind of way. Just reach out, talk to somebody. I know a lot of people also don't like to talk to people. I really recommend journaling Mm. and start to journal. But I mean, I really can't tell you when to. Yeah. Or just like some of the the early signs, like you're saying, just, okay, something's off. You know, I put on on Facebook today because on this, on the system I use, the podcasting system, people can call in and like Mm -hmm. leave messages and I, I should have did this yesterday or a few days ago. I, I waited till the last minute, just knowing you were coming. Um, and I wanted to play a question live on air or live on the show. Um, I don't know if this person did it or not yet. So we, I don't have it queued up, but they did type it out. Here's a question. What are the signs that you have good mental health since our focus is always b- the bad? 
You know what? I actually love that question because I follow a group called Anxiety and something. I don't even know what it's called, but they're so negative. And I feel like when you're constantly feeding that negative, you're just your anxiety is going to spiral and you're mm. just whatever you focus on is what's going to grow. So right. to show that you have good is just resiliency, be, being able to bounce back, being able to move mm. forward, you know. Stop focusing on the negative. Stop focusing on your feelings, mm. which has been a big one for me that, you know, I'm trying to yeah. move out of because I suffer from depression as well. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, you have to just keep moving forward and doing things that make you happy. And I like that you said resiliency because we're all going to have problems or life is just going to hit you. Yes. And you got to just bounce back. Yeah, Period. sometimes it's harder. It, it is harder. <laughs> I it know, harder. I've been through so much, but it's just, thank God I can get back up and keep fighting. I just know that there's others behind me watching me, so I need to help them. You know, I need to get strong so that I can help them following behind me. Yeah, you know? 100%. Um, I, I'm not diagnosed, but I've, I think I've had, or I think I know, I've had depression for a long time. I remember being a teenager. Um, and just being in my room and I don't know what it is. Like, uh, maybe it's like tied to the spiritual thing of like, you know, just being able to feel certain things hmm. or you're, you're just, your spirit or your soul is just open to, um, pick up on things better. But I remember I, I would just sit in my room sometimes and just feel so sad and down and like, just not want to get up out of bed i remember that like at 15 yeah. and i had no reason real reason to be depressed i don't think you know i mean besides I, I talk a lot about my spiritual trauma on this podcast i mentioned it tons a bunch of times about like being afraid of like you know the world ending you mm. know and the rapture and all this kind of stuff and that played <laughs> into my like trauma but that I, I i can't say like i was depressed over it but i remember like just feeling down I had that where you feel like the cloud yeah. over you and just kind of like yeah, yeah, the- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I remember that as a young a young guy, and even now, like I can recognize when I'm depressed. You know, I I I I can see it, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I kind of know the things that I need to do mm-hmm. to get out of it. Um, part of it is like being creative. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason why I did this podcast. And you're asking me like, why did you want to get into it? <laughs> I'm like, to be honest with you, it's it's just really a creative outlet for me. Right. To create something, to put energy into something. Um, and you know, just talk, really. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's all good, it is. Yeah. Um But and then as I got older and, you know, family and stuff, I realized a lot of my depression is directly connected to like whatever I'm going through. Yeah. It's, some, it's usually it can be situational or right. it can be just something going on inside of you. You know, chemical imbalance in some sort of way. Yeah. So, so you have to differentiate between the two before you're kind of figuring out what yeah, you're going to do. Yeah. I think mine is more, um, what was the first one you said? Situational. Situational. Yeah. Because yeah. there's some people who get extremely depressed just because of what they're going through at the moment. And then there's others who just feel it all the time and they don't even know why. Mm. Yeah. So um, you mentioned that you're seeing a lot of like, anxiety depression now yes 
not so much of what we would say crazy people, right? right. Air quotes. It just like maybe more of like like us, like me, like my wife, like normal people. Yes. Are just going through. You seeing a lot of that now? A lot of that, and a lot of kids. Unfortunately, a lot of eleven to sixteen year olds who are mm. suicidal, and they have no idea why. Wow. Or it's because they took the phones away, or something simple like that. Yeah. You know, I've had overdoses just, um, overdoses because the parents took the phones away. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty sad. We really have to get a program going for kids from eleven to sixteen because it's increasing so much. Sometimes I can see up to three a day. You know? Wow, eleven to sixteen. Yep, that's that generation of kids who are had their phones, iPads, just mm-hmm. media, uh, just constant stimulus since they were babies. Right, and I wonder what that. I mean, from the re- from the stuff that I've looked into, there's a direct connection yep. to um, technology, smartphones, social media, and yeah. mental health. Um, I read some stuff that just like, what, how is that possible? But yeah, it's, it's, it's important. We got to figure this out. We do. We definitely have to figure this out a way of, of getting back to being, I don't know what's the word, like a natural, (laughs) normal, like go outside. Yeah. Go play, go get in, throw rocks at old houses, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. I mean, stuff that we, stuff that we did as kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I had my daughter and her boyfriend on and we were talking about school and, and just, you know, he, and he, my, um, my daughter's boyfriend, Raul said something. I wish they taught us street smarts and I should have, mm. I I should have gave him a little rebuttal. I'm like, dude, you got to get your street smarts. You can't teach it to you. You got to go and experience that. Um, so, uh, yeah, you're right. Because you know what? I'm guilty of that myself. Like mm-hmm. my daughter is like my little one. You saw her right now. She's so into TikTok, YouTube, yeah. you know, making stuff. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, I should have muted this phone. It's okay. But you're right. We have to. We have to be mindful of all of that because, like you said, you know, parents take it away. Like, oh, we're going to punish you. I'm going to take this away, and then they just lose it. <laughs> they do. Is that that's what's happening? So, yeah. when an eleven to sixteen year old comes in, like you're saying, it's just like what's going on? Like what you know, you're doing their assessments. So how do you navigate? How do you figure that out? Well, I just ask them, why are you depressed or what's going on? And a lot of the times, they literally will tell me, I don't know. And it's impulsive actions right away. So, part of me also wants to tell people, just make sure all your pills are locked up, lock up your knives just in case you know you mm-hmm. never know what can set them off i don't know i really don't know what's going on with our kids wow. but it's it's heart-wrenching right now yeah it's like a lot of 16 year old girls too for some reason so i feel like it's like the instagram and the likes and <laughs> yeah yeah i heard instagram is gonna start started to experiment with hiding likes hmm. did you hear about that no but that's good yeah that's good. There, there's this you know fake standard of beauty and Mm -hmm. just all this fake stuff you see on Instagram. It's just not real. Right. It's just not real. Um, yeah, man, this is, I didn't know we're going to start. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that was the case. (laughs) That just like, that's scary. Yeah. We have to, we have to take a better look at our kids' lives and what they're consuming and what they're allowing in, Mm -hmm. you know, the other thing I wanted to talk about is just 
uh, they're saying that our kids can't concentrate anymore and they can't, they're kind of getting ADD because if you watch them, I started watching my own kids, they are doing this. They're watching a movie, they're on their cell oh phone, my God. but yeah. they've got the music on at the same time. So they're saying that they can't focus anymore because they're too busy doing like 400 things at once. Yeah, you're right. So, my daughter, I hate this. <laughs> so start taking the phones, do something. Both of my, we, my kids are into movies, right? We mm-hmm. like movies. We, we enjoy good, you know, stories and stuff. But they're on their phone yes. while we're watching the movie. I'm like, dude, put your freaking phone away. <laughs> so we're, I'm going to get a basket. I heard of putting a basket in the middle of your, um, wherever you're going to be. Yeah, when you want to spend time together, there's your little basket, put the phones in it. Now we're going to hang out. <laughs> yeah. They have that at school. They have these little pouches. Really? That they, they have to put their phones in and they lock. Good. And it's like they they have them with them, but they're locked and they can only unlock it in the front of the class when it's time to leave. How funny. Okay, yeah. good. So, shoot, I got to have get those installed at the house now. <laughs> You're right. Um, <laughs> man, so it, it's it's it seems like technology is really messing us up. Yep. That's why you guys recommend, you know, the simple things, right? Like writing, writing, <laughs> journaling. writing, exercise. Exercise is a big thing for your mental health. It really is. Yeah. So for for the people that are out there that are going through things right now, like um, we mentioned that. Is there anything else like that can help, you well, know, that you've, that you've seen that has been helpful to, you know, help with your overall anxiety and things yeah. like that? Well, I mean, it's just getting in groups. I've, I'm in a life group at church. That helps me a lot. You know, um, there's crisis lines out there. There's talking to people. It's just talking to, and because you'll find out that you're not alone, that everybody else is kind of suffering with something as well. I mean, we right. tend to think that I'm the only one going through this and I'm all alone and you're not. You're not. There's a lot of people that are going through the same exact thing. Yeah, I talk to people all the time and they're like, oh, you're so happy. I wish I was as happy as you. I'm like, if you only knew, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where I let them know, I take medication. You know, I take something for depression. It's right. okay, you know? Yeah, because you you are like just a fun person. You have like a bubbly personality. <laughs> but yeah, just, I suffer from depression. I yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's it's there, you know? and mm-hmm. And some people say the same thing about me sometimes too they're like what like you deal with that i'm like yeah sometimes yeah you know? i wouldn't guess from you either <laughs> yeah yeah just people just have assumptions mm-hmm. you know and it's not until we let people into our lives or we allow people in or we're open enough you know get to that place of being vulnerable right that's why community is best huge mm-hmm. you're right you're right getting in community is is probably one of the most important things we need to start a group oh man <laughs> We need to do it. Um, anything else you want to add to that? Not that I know. This is a this is a nice short one. <laughs> Told you I wouldn't say much. <laughs> it's all good. Um, back. Let me just ask you another question about the um, the the hospital because mm-hmm. you guys work long hours, right? Well. I, a lot of nurses, like I know, like my my wife's co- my cousin, my wife's cousin is a nurse, and they work like it seems like twelve plus hours a day. Usually, it's twelve and a half. Northridge is only eight, so for me, yeah, in the psychiatric unit, but yeah, yeah, can. because geez, I couldn't take more than <laughs> more than eight, <laughs> right? After that, like man, get me out of here. At my other facility, sometimes twelve hours is like torture. Jeez, <laughs> depending on the group of people that you get in there, but yeah. Man, it's fun though. Yeah, fun, fun stuff. (laughs) 
So um, going forward from this episode, guys, um, if you're going through issues, so back, you know, that question is, how do you know you're good? Like, like you said, re- being able to bounce back. Yeah. And um, almost anything has peace. an answer. Yeah. And then one of the things that I did learn from one of the dads is he said, never make a permanent decision on a temporary feeling. Mm. So we get a lot of people going in there, you know, they're feeling suicidal and they act out. But a lot of them that I interview after they've, you know, they're in the ICU or whatever, they're regretful of what they've done. Mm. So it's, you know, they were acting on a temporary feeling and just like, I don't know, just reach out to people and see who can help you. And there's always an answer to your problem, Mm. you know? Yeah. So guys, going forward, if you're listening to this and you're struggling with that, find a group, find something. Um, I think we'll go out on a limb here and we'll make ourselves available to either start one or connect you to something that's, that's out there. Um, I know when I take Priscilla to um, her appointments, there is something too, like for, for people who support, their spouses or friends, they have a group for them. You know, like I think it's called NAM. NAMI. NAMI, NAMI is yeah. the best thing yeah. ever. I really give it to all. There's peers supporting peers. There's family more members supporting family members. There's doctors supporting. I have yet to go. I need to go because they tell me every time I go with Priscilla that I need to, to go yes. to NAMI. It, they help you and they'll tell you how to manipulate the system. Mm. <laughs> You know, because they've been through it. They went through all the struggles and how, you know, they kept hitting block walls all the time. And Yeah. You know. So if, if you guys are struggling with that, number one, find somebody. We're available. Reach out to us. We'll be here for you. We'll, you know, we'll listen. We'll get some some coffee. Actually, part of the article is to cut out caffeine <laughs> that you send <laughs> I can't. Me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you could work those long hours. Um I'm going to post a link to this article that you sent me from Psychology Today. And the title is, Are You Addicted to Anxiety? Learn How Not to Be. And that's an interesting concept of being addicted to anxiety. Yeah, that actually floored me the other day because I realized that a lot of people are addicted to that feeling. And they just they have to find a new coping mechanism, find a new way of hmm. moving forward. But it's... Right. Yeah, I mean, you can't have addiction. Right. Man, that's heavy. Some of the strategies are, are, are on here are set healthy limits and boundaries, right? Com- to uh, combat stress, it's important to realize that no is a complete sentence. Right. And healthy ways to set limits and boundaries with stress in, in inducing people and situations. One of the best books that I read actually is called Boundaries. I think it's by Henry Cloud. That changed my life. Mm. I'll put a link in that too. Boundaries. By who? I think it's Henry Cloud. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, there's boundaries in dating, boundaries in marriage, and just plain old boundaries. Yeah. Cool. So, guys, reach out. Find help. Find a group. We're here for you. Do something productive, you know, something that will release, like a hobby or something, mm-hmm. you know. Exercise. Exercise. Go for a long jog, a walk, go hiking. We're in Selmar here. Veterans is a great hiking spot. Yeah, helping others. Yeah. Really helps. You know what? That's always been my thing. Mm-hmm. I always get my peace and, and joy and, and well-being from helping others. Yes. So I think I'll, that's the, probably one of the biggest things for me as well. You helps you with your out, own issues. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why you're, you're 
you know, doing what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like helping others. All right, Shelly. I think, should I, should we do one of these? I want to pick a random question. Sure. These are brand new. <laughs> um, all right, I'll pick it. I'm just going to pick a random. I got these new things. They're called pod decks. And they're just random questions to get a little conversation going here. We'll close with one of these here. Let's see. Want me to pick it or do you want to pick you it? You pick. All right. I'm just going to grab. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Here's the first question. What would you do if you were invisible for a day? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not creative. No clue. <laughs> Disneyland? Go to Disneyland and ride the rides as an invisible person? <laughs> Yeah. That's a weird question. Because I wouldn't want to hear anybody, anything anybody was saying about me or anything. I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is weird. What would you do if you were invisible for a day? Right? What would you do? Sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows I'm there. You hide from the kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, I don't like to sleep in. I told my wife the other day. I slept in on Sunday, and um, I don't like to sleep in. Like I feel worse when I sleep in. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I, I like to just get up early and do something. I feel like I'm wasting the day. Yeah. And I feel, actually, actually, I feel depressed a little bit when I sleep in. Really? Yeah. Aww. I don't, don't <laughs> feel good. All right, guys. So that would that wraps up this interview. Thank you so much, Shelly. You're welcome. Thank you um, for having me. We'll post some links to, to some resources that um that are out there. Okay. Awesome. Anything else you want to add? No. No? All right, we're good. We will catch you guys on the next one. Take care. The Iliad is dead. The Odyssey is over. Found God within me. Started searching for Jehovah. What you searching for? Where you focus at? If it's happiness, no one can give you that. It flows from within. It knows all your sins. You can never win. Being envious of other men. Covetousness. It's such a sin, wanting what other people have has become a trend. But don't bow down to the dollar bill, y'all. Commercial consumerism is trying to kill y'all. I'm trying to heal y'all.